Hi, this is Larson Hicks, and welcome to my podcast, where I rant and rave about whatever it is I'm currently thinking about, and also occasionally bring in much smarter guests for longer conversations about topics they're passionate about. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome again to my channel. It's Larson Hicks. Good to have you here. Um, Today, I wanted to real quick respond to a comment I got on a video. It's amazing. I got a comment on a video. Um, It's exciting stuff. So it was on a video I I recorded back back in October called Young Men Take Risks or Burn Out. Um, I'll put a link in the comments or in the uh, description below, but here's the quote that, uh, that was given that, that was left or the, the, uh, the comment that was left. It was, um, from checkup and he, um, said that he finds it frustrating that the modern church has failed to inspire men to action both professionally and romantically and wanted to hear my thoughts on the balance between contentment with where God is, has you and pushing to achieve more. And he gave an example. Um, I don't have any, if I don't have any passion for my job slash work, but instead of taking action, I'll stay in con- contentment with where God has me. Um, great question. Uh, interesting topic. And yes, um, I think that that video about taking risks or burning out definitely addresses that, um, in part, but, but it also, um, leaves a lot. Um, so I won't rehash what, what I talked about in that video, but, but just to summarize that video, um, I'm really talking about how your, um, if you're a young man, especially you need to be pursuing your, your calling. You need to be, you need to be pursuing, um, discovering your calling. And that means you have to take risks that means you have to try new things, and if you don't, you are going to burn out, and you are going to find yourself 20, 30 years down the road in a job that you don't like and that you um, are not good at um, and are, are wishing you had another option, but you don't. So um, check out that video for more on that, but just just a quick couple thoughts on, on this um, topic specifically. For one, I just say like, you definitely shouldn't um, stay in a job that you don't like indefinitely. There's there's a there's obviously seasons um, where you are pursuing a goal and um, and there's a f- there's a job there's a phase that you have where you've got to uh, you've got to do something uh, difficult and um, have a job that you don't enjoy um, for a season and uh, there's nothing wrong with that especially when you're young right. Um, when I was young, uh, newlywed, um, I delivered papers in the morning from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, before my second job um, at a factory, uh, and and neither of those things were jobs that I loved or thought were um, really important. But it, they were important. They paid my rent and they paid for our groceries um, when I was a newlywed. Um, one of my, I, I really enjoy, I'm going to show, put a quote up here. This is Mike uh, Rowe talks about how you should never follow your passion. But you should always bring it with you. So I, I love that quote because um, I think it gets to something important. We're, we're kind of obsessed with this idea of like, it's this, it's this lie in, um, in just in general, in the modern, uh, we talked about this in the Lusk, the Rich Lusk video uh, last week about 
the therapeutic turn and how uh, the the goal in life right now in this day and age is to be happy and to follow your heart. Um, and of course, um, that's not good advice. That's not biblical advice. And it's not good career advice either. Um, it's not about following your passion uh, or interpreting that to mean do whatever makes you happy uh, for a living and and uh, quit your job if it doesn't make you happy um, and go find something else. Um, I do think the goal, the long-term goal for us should be to find the thing that you can do with your life and your career that you are best suited to, that you're good at. I mean, doing doing things well is fun. Um, it's really frustrating to do things poorly. And you may be doing things poorly because it's a job that you're just not good at. Like uh, you're a surgeon and you uh, hate blood or you have like really shaky hands or something. That would not be a fun job. That would that uh, because you're not good at it, right? Um, being a mechanic who like can't is terrible with their hands, right? Um, that's just not a good. That's not a good fit. And so I think you need to have the self awareness to to regardless of whether or not you think the job is cool or fun or or uh, or will look good on a resume. Um, uh, you know, have the self awareness to realize, hey, I'm bad at this. This isn't where I should stay. You know, I should continue to to learn um, in my career uh, what things I'm good at and what things I'm not good at. Um, so, okay, pulling back down the micro quote. Um, I will say, just as a side note, and I'll put a link in the description. But there's this um, this book. I did a a book study um, was in a book study on this book, uh, Rescuing Ambition by Dave Harvey, and um, and I can't really speak to um, what the book uh, said, uh, except that I know that it was, it was Doug Wilson who led the class and uh, he thought the book was great. And I do remember walking away from that book study, having learned a lot of things. Um, so, uh, check out this book if you're wanting to kind of do further reading. It's highly, highly recommended by a lot of different people that, that I respect. Um, um, but yeah, so, ambition generally speaking is not a bad thing and i don't think we should I, I do think that in the church we've we've taken it to be a bad thing we've taken it to um to to you know any ambition any desire for upward mobility for um for making more money for having a better career all of that stuff is just it's just worldliness and we should avoid it um and I've said, like, I've, I've got an exhortation I gave our church a couple weeks ago about the American dream and how the American dream uh, in a lot of ways is a lie. And my, my interview with uh, Joffrey Swate, if you, if you don't follow Joffrey the Giant, go check out his channel. Um, and we had, a, we had an interview uh, where I talked about nobility and class. And, and um, there is something wonderful about knowing your station, knowing where um, God has placed you, and being content with that. Um, so... So, so there is a tension here, absolutely, and and the the ditch on one side of the road is that um, you're an American, and by golly, it's your right, it's your God-given right to be whatever you want to be, uh, regardless of anything. You need to just pursue whatever it is you want. I think that's a lie, and that's a ditch on one side of the road. Uh, but on the other side, it's hey, this world's gonna burn. Doesn't really matter what happens here. All that matters is you're saved and you help other people get saved. Um, and really, uh, if you're ambitious for money or for uh, 
or for success in your career, then that's really a form of worldliness and you should, and, and that's evil and you should, you should, uh, you should do the most humble work you can do. Um, and that's not good either. Right. Um, so I think there's, there's a, there is a middle path here or a third way. Um, and one, one quote that I think uh, from scripture that I think is, uh, is, is interesting um, is, is the parable of the talents, right? Uh, I've got it pulled up here from Matthew 25. And I think what's interesting here is, um, is the fact that, um, well, is the fact that, that the, 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 uh, servant who, um, who buried his talent, uh, the, the master is, uh, calls wicked and slothful. So he's, not happy uh, with with that um, with that servant. So I think, and this is a, a story about money, and I don't think it's like simply an analogy for something else or something more important. Um, I, it is a parable, of course, and so there's there's layers and uh, to the meaning. But I, but I don't think um, he's saying to whom much is given, much will be required, and he and and that's where we get that that quote from from this passage this parable. Um, and so God, God does expect us to turn a profit on the gifts he gives us. And that includes our money. That includes our, our actual talents, the things that, that, that he's given us the intellectual or physical capability to do. Um, and he's pleased with the servant who goes out and risks it, who, who tries to, to, uh, turn a profit, tries to get a return on, on, uh, on what he's been entrusted with. Um, and so it is, it is a sin. I think it's a great sin to bear your talent in the name of contentment and in the name of, of not being worldly. Um, so, um, so that's one aspect. The other thing I'll mention is that I, I think this is such an interesting story from, from the parable of the wedding feast, um, where Jesus is talking about, uh, being invited to, uh, to a wedding. And, um, he says, uh, you know, don't sit at the place of honor, um, lest someone more distinguished than you is invited. Um, he says, but, but when you're invited, go to the lowest place. And when your host comes up, he'll say friend move higher. Um, and then you'll be honored in the presence of all at the table. So what I think is interesting about this story is, uh, and he's saying for everyone who exalts himself will be humble. And everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. What Jesus isn't saying here. And I think the wrong application that we make all the time is that Jesus is saying you shouldn't want to sit at the head of the table. That's wrong. That's evil. You should sit, you should want to sit at the very bottom. Actually, he's not saying that. Uh, if you look at it again, he's, he's saying, he's basically saying, here's a trick for getting to the top. <laughs> um, I am God. I am the King. You know, I, 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 if you go back to, uh, you go back to the the conversation I had with with Pastor Lusk last week. Um, the proverbs are are uh, these these moral. Uh, he calls them moral um, uh, cause and effects. He basically um, it's a king speaking to his son who's a prince and preparing him for kingship, and he's explaining to him this kind of the secret principles, the secret uh, properties of the world, and how how to um how to live and and operate in this world and be successful um and and here we have jesus uh doing that very thing where he's saying you've got it wrong you, it, when you strive when you when you um exalt yourself you always get humbled um if you want to be exalted you've got to start by humbling yourself 
um, you've got to serve. You've got to start at the bottom. You've got to um, not think more highly of yourself than you ought. Um, and so I think it's I think it's interesting because because uh, it, it's a different way of 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 looking at this I think than we're used to. That Jesus isn't saying don't sit at the head of the table. You shouldn't want to. He's actually the whole point of the story is how do I get to the head of the table? Well, let me you know in in God's kingdom the way that that Jesus made the world. You start at the bottom. You humble yourself. You serve. You die first, and then you're exalted. Right uh, the way that Jesus was. So. Um, back to the back to the question um, at hand. Um, it, it's about um, about this tension between contentment and and ambition. Um, and so, I'll, just to just to kind of get into contentment, um, um, I think Philippians uh, four um, is is one of the best uh, verses on this topic of contentment. And it's funny because you know the the quote we all know uh, from Philippians thirteen, I can do all things through uh, through Him who strengthens me. Uh, it's athletes' favorite verse. Um, I think they they usually it's it's interpreted as I can do I can win all sports games through uh, Christ who strengthens me, and um, it's used as this kind of like I don't know this almost like this mantra or this this uh, name it and claim it kind of um, verse that you can do anything you want to do. It's, it's, it's sort of like we baptize our American dream or whatever, um, ambition, uh, with this verse. Um, but when you, when you zoom out, I mean, the context, um, is, is pretty important. He's actually talking about how, um, how he, uh, has been in need. He's, and he's been able to be brought low and how in every circumstance he's learned how to be content um, even when he's and he, even when he's out of money when he's facing plenty and hunger um, and when he's uh, in, in abundance and in need so it's like there's there's uh, these different circumstances and Paul's been through all of them and he's learned um, how it is to be content and it's I can do all things through him who strengthens me um, I think what G, what what Paul is talking about here is really important. And it's, and it's about, um, I think it's about, um, not being phased, uh, by the different hand that hands that God deals us at different, uh, times in our life. And, and it also is about being, uh, not being a man pleaser. He's basically saying it's Christ who strengthens you. It's not other people. It's not even the food that you have or lack thereof that strengthens you. It's Christ. It's Christ Jesus who strengthens you. And if you uh, abide in him, if you live coram Deo, if you live before the face of, of God, um, then you can be, you can stand up straight um, and be content um, and not phased by, uh, by whatever it is you go through. Um, I, I, I had a, I had an experience in my career once um, where I'd you know been in this job for a long time and um, and my numbers you know I was responsible for a number and my number didn't turn out to be as good as um, I wanted it to be or my boss wanted it to be and I remember there being a, a moment where where I, I felt I thought I was in trouble and I, I told I came home and told my wife I think my boss might be about to fire me. Uh, he didn't seem very happy about my number. Um, but then I talked through with my wife and said, you know, 
I, I did what I thought was best. You know, I, I executed on a strategy uh, that I thought was going to work and was going to pay off. And it did in one sense, but it didn't on the number that my boss uh, wanted it to. And that was a risk I took, but um, it was a risk I took um, uh, strategically. And, and God knows, I mean, this was the key thing was God knows what I did. God knows how hard I worked. God knows um, that I that I really did put in the effort. And, and I'm not saying I didn't make mistakes and I shouldn't bear the consequences of the mistakes I made. But I also know that um, God knows what I did. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not guilty. I don't feel uh, that there's sin that I have to confess here, even if I lose my job. Um, and if my boss fires me, he fires me for whatever reason, and, and I don't think it's unjust for him to fire me. But but we just, my wife and I prayed, and, and that was really her advice to me was, God knows. God knows what you did, right? Uh, God saw the work you did. And it was such a comfort to me in that moment where I'm sitting there, and, and you probably know the feeling, um, if you've ever been in the situation, of just intense anxiety, this feeling in the pit of your stomach, you know, that... that you know, this tingling, you know, that, that I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight because I'm thinking about the fact that my boss is, is upset with me. And my wife brought me back to earth with the, but doesn't God know what you did? Um, and, uh, and it was, she was dead right. And we were able to sit there and pray and say, God, we're gonna trust you on this. You know what I did. You know, if my work was, was appropriate or not. Um, and we'll trust you. And I was able to sleep like a baby that night and to put it behind me and, and uh, again, coming back to Philippians, um, that's what this whole chapter is about, Philippians 4. Um, uh, it starts with this rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Um, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the way we're supposed to live, and this is the secret of contentment, um, and uh, and and the secret of, of avoiding anxiety um, is is live quorum deo, live live in a way that that uh, that um, that you have a clear conscience about what you're doing day to day um, before God, and and submit everything to Him in prayer, and you can and you can rest and be content. Um, so just to just to kind of wrap this up, uh, and again, the question um, from Checkup was about uh, this middle road, uh, this balance between contentment and ambition. Ambition. Um, I don't have passion for my job. Um, uh, should I just stay though? You know, be content. Um, you know, my my answer is is. Uh, is you can be content in anything, in any situation. Be the kind of man who is content in any kind of situation because you're living quorum deo. Um, but um, you know, um, don't be a don't be a man pleaser. Be a God pleaser. You know, be somebody who lives before God and wants to make Him happy. If if um, you know if if we are to you know all through the Old Testament, you see God demanding, requiring from His people. Um, a a sacrifice sacrifices, and um and over and over it's the first fruits. You know, it's it's the it's the firstborn, uh the 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 um the lamb without blemish, um 
you know, he wants our best. And we're told, you know, we're given all of these very specific examples of this is what I want. I want your best. I want your first fruits. Um, and uh, we tithe 10%, uh, but it's it's not because he only, uh, it's only 10% God's and 90% ours. We tithe 10% because it's 100% God's. And, um, and it's a symbol, it's a token of the fact that this is all yours. This all comes from you. And uh, here's 10% um, uh, because this is what you asked, but, but, but you, it's all yours. Um, um, but we're told in the Old Testament that, you know, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a, a broken and contrite heart of God I will not despise. Um, he, and we're told that over and over, the prophets talk about it, that, that what he really wants um, more than circumcision is a circumcised heart. He's, he's after your heart. And, and, if, and then, of course, in, in the New Testament, in, uh, in Romans 12, we're told to um, take up our cross um, daily um, and to offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice. Um, and so if God wants our first fruit, he wants our best, uh, and we, and it's really about our heart, and it's really about uh, our lives, and, about, and we're told in the New Testament to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice— then how can we not be ambitious to offer to God the very best we can, right? And this is this is where this idea of of, of um, doing things in a in an excellent way really matters because um, your life is an offering. You are you are a living sacrifice, and um, and your laziness, your lack of ambition. Um, is a lack of zeal for the God. It's a lack of, um, you know, th- think about um, being a, you know, think about ha- having a king and him sending you out to be a representative of his or, or to go out and accomplish some mission for him and bring back something for him. And, 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 and the idea that you would go out and just lollygag and kind of drag your feet and, you know, is should be uh, abhorrent if you've read your fairy tales and and um, and your King Arthur stories. You sh- you should the idea that that you would go out and do anything but throw yourself into it. You know, back to the 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 Mike Rowe quote um, to the, the idea of not bringing your passion to whatever it is, whatever task it is, God's your King has set before you uh, should should feel wrong, should not feel right. And, um, and so that's, that's what ambition to me is ultimately it's, it's this, um, zeal for our God, zeal to bring him honor, zeal to offer him our best. And, um, and it's, but, but it's also this, uh, the contentment part is this, this, this confidence that God sees, God knows, uh, whether, um, it looks impressive to men around me or not, God knows, um, you know, I delivered papers, right? Um, I hired a guy who was delivering pizzas. And in fact, I hired him because he was delivering pizzas. Um, I was impressed with his humility and his willingness. Uh, he was going through a tough time and he said, um, I'm not too good to go out and deliver pizzas to provide for my family during this time, uh, this tough time. Um, and now, by the way, uh, we just celebrated his last day because he's going, he started his own business that's taken off and um, he's got employees, right? So, um, so, you know, this, again, this is the, the principle that Jesus gave us that if you want to be placed in, in a seat of honor, 
um, humble yourself, sit at the foot. And so th- that's, that's where some of the contentment comes. That's where having the self-confidence to be willing to deliver papers or deliver pizzas or do some, um, some job that's not very glorious, but, but doing it to please God, uh, out of obedience to him, um, for, uh, in the situation that he's put you in. So anyway, I will, I will stop there. I feel like there's a, there's more to be said there, but, but I hope that that, uh, checkup, uh, the, the gentleman, uh, who, uh, ask the question. I hope that helps address some of your questions. Uh, feel free to leave more comments, uh, ask more questions. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope this was helpful and uh, have a great uh